The TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. You're different. Now don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. Welcome to another episode of the Marvelverse Podcast, Across the Airways Podcast, dedicated to reviewing Gadgets of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gadget Carter, hopefully, Marvel's Netflix shows, and the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Most notably today, Captain America, Civil War. So I'm Dan Schmitz, your Excelsior host, and with me is two guys I constantly tell to go to sleep. Hi, Josh. Hi, it's James. Okay, Josh, you want to tell everybody what we're doing today? It's kind of exciting. Yep, we're talking about Captain America Civil War. It's after the opening weekend. It's done 151 million opening weekend, and it was fantastic. So we really need to get talking about it. Yeah, so excited about that, too. Okay, again, we're not going to keep you. Get suspense waiting for us to talk about it as we have no news with Nico that will be on this week's Marvelverse podcast covering this week's episode of Gadgets of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you can wait for that till then. But for right now, we're just going to dive right into Captain America Civil War after uh, Josh reads the summary for us. After another incident involving the Avengers results in collateral damage, political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability headed by a governing body to oversee and direct the team. The new status quo fractures the Avengers, resulting in two camps, one led by Steve Rogers and his desire for the Avengers to remain free to defend humanity without government interference, and the other following Tony Stark's surprising decision to support government oversight and accountability. Yeah, so after that mouthful, we'll just sum it up <laughs> as a bunch of superheroes fight. Okay, cool things happen. Yeah, a cool thing happened on the way to a fight. Cool, sad things. <laughs> yes, combination. Again, one of the sad things that this movie started out with was the Winter Soldier basically shooting up a Cadillac. Again, I think when that happened, most of us had a pretty good idea of who was in the car in the year yeah. 1991. Yeah, they didn't give us location, was... but they did. But that's pretty fairly obvious, like who would possibly who would be who would be at that point. Yeah, it was uh, the Fox executives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was easy to tell. I mean, I don't know why they waited so long. Uh, did they? Well, I mean, probably for the people who actually had didn't didn't have any backstory, just so they like could have their same reveal as Tony. People who come into the movies this this late in the game, really, you really need to not be there anymore because that's. It's too late now. You're like, what, 12, 13 movies in now? I think it's yeah. actually 11. I think this is the 11th movie. No, 12. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> 12. 12. Yeah, because uh, 11 movies was uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. So I think that we're 12 movies, and this is number 13. 
No, actually, yeah. ten movies. It's Ultron and eleven movies of Ant Man. So. Really. Yeah. We always forget about Ant Man. <laughs> All right, because I saw um, the Marvel movie Marathon, and they told us for Age of Ultron, they told me it was eleven movies in a row. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> in any case, this far in, if you don't know, I'm especially at that opening scene, the opening scene with um, Tony Stark, when we got to see a young Robert Downey Jr. You know, talking like, to his parents. He looked like he was right out of uh, back to school there. Give that uh, company secrets. Yeah, did yeah you guys, the weird science. Did you guys yeah. see that um, interview with him where he, uh, or I think it was Jimmy Fallon talked about that scene and uh, Robert said uh, about the scene like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, he looks so beautiful. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, so, that does sound like something he would say. And I just was, I was actually really sad though when I like, um, saw the ending bit of it and like Tony couldn't bring himself to say it. I was like, Oh my God, what happened? You know, the whole big speech he was giving, remember? And then it had the thing on the teleprompter. He was just like, he had to wing it. Yeah. 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 About Pepper. He couldn't talk about the fact that she left. They're not together anymore. That was harsh. Yeah. 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 They might still, they might still be together again later, but I mean, obviously they're not together right now. So, well, apparently Robert Downey Jr. really wants her back. He, he really, yeah. he, mainly because apparently, according to an interview, you know, he has a free pass from his wife when it comes to <laughs> kissing Gwen Paltrow. <laughs> so, so he wants her back for that reason. I think that's hilarious. It is hilarious. Okay, I wonder what his wife gets in return for giving him the free pass. <laughs> exactly. What kind of bling does he bring home? Yeah. You know? Jagged teddy bear. <laughs> Actually, no, it was a it was a bunny. It was a bunny rabbit. Oh, it's funny rabbit. All right. Yeah. Got that confused <laughs> Big Bang Theory a couple weeks ago with Raj and the giant teddy bear. Right, right. That's right. Raj did that. So I think we all know who is at the Cadillac. We'll get into more of that later with the the shocker reveal for Tony. But uh, we saw more of the battle with crossbones. That oh, sneaky yeah. guy that got away at the end of uh, Winter Soldier. God, it didn't go so hot for everybody. His costume looks amazing, though, I have to no, say. No, 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 no. Yeah. It went pretty hot. It was pretty hot. <laughs> murder vest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Murder vest. Yeah, that was um, that was one humdinger of an ending for him. Um, friend online, um, Joseph, um, that archivist, he was pretty upset with the fact that they killed him off so quickly into the movie. You know, they yeah. hyped up his yeah. return to the movie so much, and then, boom, literally, boom, he's gone. You know? He got the bat truck treatment. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my friend said. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, but I think the thing with it is that um, his, uh, like, he's the nitro of the situation. He's the guy who, like, has to go out so that um, there's, like, some big uh, event that will um, trigger the Civil War, obviously, like Nitro did in the comic books, so. You know, I didn't even think of that, that he would be, that that's how he was being portrayed. That's a that's a good thought. That's I, I like that one. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Quite yeah. good Scarlet Witch was supposed to be the, uh, the speedball. Of the situation. Speedball slash penance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Didn't even think of that. Guy felt bad for her. Because she's someone that's like, her family got a bomb dropped on him. She's like the last person that wants to 
kill people with a terrorist attack. Because she gets blamed for it. And uh, and it's just not even her fault, really. She was just throwing... She was trying to prevent um, deaths from people on the ground. And, honest, and I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but I feel like trading 11 deaths for, like, however many people were in that immediate vicinity is a fair, is a fair trade. So... Call me a call me a terrible person, but I feel like that's acceptable. But well, I, I think that's what Cap was trying to say. When he went into right. the room, because talking to her, he's like, there wasn't really any option. You did what you could could do, because the situation could happen so quick. Right. Yeah. It, it was um, it was a tough call that she had to make pretty quickly, and it didn't, didn't work out in her favor. Didn't really didn't work out. Right. Yeah. It was a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing that she had to do, and it didn't work out quite right. And sadly, people got got hurt over it. But again, with me, it was like the, the death that happened could stand for with the Civil War comic book, where all those kids got blown up. That was a little more darker than this. A little bit higher stakes. Yeah, it had drive, big of a driving force. Because I think they made up for it. Later, with T'Challa's father getting killed, that was the yeah. that. that was a strong impact way. Could I think, looking at the whole grand scheme of the movie, it was good they didn't have Scarlet Witch do exactly what Speedball did with killing the kids stuff because there would have been no redemption for her. There would have been no reason to get on Team Cap. So they had to do it this way for it to make more sense to me. I agree. Nope, I lost it. Can't bring it back. Sorry. Was it about the Stanford thing, Josh? Oh no, it was about the 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 fact that we did an office building as opposed to a school, and right. to me that shows I was a little disappointed in that because DC movies are going dark. They're going real, realistic. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, they're too dark. They need to be fun. Like you know, everyone says the Marvel movies are fun. And this movie, especially right after Batman vs. Superman, really shows the difference in the style of filming. It really is fun. It's, it's family kind of friendly. Had it gone, uh, had they actually done a school, had it been a school that blew up, that would have been real. That would have been dark. And that would have been like I said, more realistic. That would have been something straight out of the comics and stuff like that. But they didn't do that. They played it safe. And I think, I think personally that that was a mistake. I think they, they should have gone a little bit darker. But it really did show the difference between the two, DC and Marvel. And I know that we can't have both, you know, because then they're not, they're might as well just join forces. But... I really think that this movie showed how, how light it it is compared to how dark it could have been, you know? Had yeah. it been based on the actual comics, it would have been a lot darker. And I think switching awesome. the location to Nigeria like also helped it um, have a more international scope. Like the, This movie felt very international to me. I don't know if that got, everyone else got that sense, but yeah. it's, um, it's very obvious that this movie is like a, one that has impacts that are worldwide. Yeah. So, I agree. It definitely felt like that to me, too, yeah. Yeah, the other thing is, you don't want to be distasteful with this, because there's been so many other horrific terrorist attack kind of things have happened since Civil War, the comic book, 
came out. So I think yeah. that's a factor. Get there too. Also, if I would have done the school, I don't know if I would have had Scarlet Witch be there and be the one. Just out of being a fan of that character. You think it would have should have been somebody? I mean, you would have had somebody else, right? Vision. Like, yeah. Well, Vision. I mean, that's a machine. Then you get into the part where the decision is: is he alive, yeah. or is he just a machine? It's programming. You know, that did that. But they did get into that to the movie. I thought. A little bit, a but little see, bit. they touched on it. And here's the other thing. You know, I rewatched Age of Ultron, and I have to agree with my wife a little bit on this one. Is in Age of Ultron, there wasn't a lot of character development. Storyline, sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of fighting, but character development? Not really. Really, not really. And then in this movie, I was hoping for more because, like, Winter Soldier, it was a lot of character development. But in this one, not so much. Really not so much character development at all. And the moment they started to dive into the vision, having some character, they shut it off. They cut it off really quick. You know, when they said, "Uh, I thought you couldn't be distracted. And he said, "Uh, me too. And that was it. That was all they did. They didn't go into it. Well, They had the the opportunity. The way I felt about it was that, like, that it harkens that that uh, particular exchange between him and Tony was like a um, callback to the scene in the kitchen because I feel like it's um, showing that the vision is kind of like growing feelings for Scarlet Witch because that was what was distracting him was his feelings for Scarlet Witch and I think that's the, that that um, whole uh, um, defeats the thing about Vision having th- and having feelings that he doesn't understand and he's becoming a metaphor in a lot of ways for like young people and mm-hmm. that's I think is why he's so drawn to Scarlet Witch is because one she's kind of young and she's much younger than the rest of the Avengers and two she's, they're just like really um, uh, they're both outsiders in a lot of ways because they're kind of naive too I mean Vision was born a few months ago <laughs> right. yeah they're kind of figuring out the world together and that's why there's there's a connection yeah and also yeah. the mind gem like that whole kitchen scene was amazing I actually like was really shipping them at that point they got that right that was yeah. the thing of the comics that I also yeah. thought that they, they got right and they did very well with mm-hmm. them. God, but I think the, you have two very good actors doing these oh, characters yeah. too, which helps. God, Elizabeth Olsen surprises me when they have her on the screen and some of the stuff they're making her do. Can I want more? Yeah. I really think they're going to play up the soul gem and vision and his feelings and call that. I think that was... That's an Avengers 3 thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Was keep the focus on Cap. Make this a Captain America story. And then throw in some other stuff to hype Avengers 3 or what's happening next. Craig, yeah. I feel like yeah. These, these are TV show episodes. These movies. Mm-hmm. Where it's setting up things that's going to happen. You know, the next episode. It's like Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. It's very, it's like the most cinematic TV show you'll ever see. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree that it's definitely a setup. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't really see like any like specific Easter eggs to anything in this movie, but I felt like the whole situation was just a real big setup for the for what's coming. You know so. what? There were Easter eggs, but primarily they were Easter eggs for the comics. You know, yeah. or the company itself, like. um uh, one of the Russo brothers played the dead Broussard 
the dead um, investigator Broussard. And then um, the the pod that Winter Soldier was kept in at uh, the, at the raft was labeled D23, which is a Disney um, vault kind of thing. <laughs> and then um, a or event. And then the raft is the cinematic universe uh, version of uh, 42, the uh, negative zone prison for superpowered people during Civil War kind of thing. So all, all this stuff was hints at things from the comics. There was but also, there really wasn't... Guys, you'd say the other Easter egg was the cover to Civil War. Oh, yeah, the um, Captain yeah. America versus yeah, Iron Man yeah. thing that they yeah. used in the last fight. That was awesome. It I was, that, that was funny. That was great. I didn't think it was yeah, funny. I, mean, I just thought it was really cool that they managed to bring that to life so well. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Yeah. yeah. But the, some of the disappointments that I have, can we talk about those? Yeah, sure. Is that allowed? Are we allowed? Some of the disappointments I have about it was I I I didn't care for what they did to the Baron Zemo. I, I they demoted was, him. I, they demoted. I it was cool. He's this is a setup. He, this is a setup movie for him. Like I feel like this is yeah. him getting to a point where he can like start to build an evil um, no, empire of his own. No, but that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. He was born a Baron. His dad was a Baron. So it's a royalty thing. It's a royalty legacy. You know, and this is the Zemo was supposed to be the son of the Zemo who fought Captain America in World War II. And he's a baron. He's royalty. So he has money. He has power. They made this guy a colonel. It's a revenge story. And like our friend um, um, oh. online, uh, um, Colonel Wojtuk, they do all these revenge stories all the time. There was a lot of them in this movie. And I have to say, I actually think it's getting a little bit um, overused. Well, I have to agree with that. Well, what they said about what the writers said about Zemo in the when the interviews when they were talking about him is that Zemo, Helmet Zemo has always been Irving's character because he's always been wanting to like get back at Cap for the death of his father. So I think this is I think that kind of fits in very well with him. And what I the way I like reason why I like this Zemo if I if you let me hang on a second um, the reason why I like him is because he's much more like true to this kind of world of the comic books because we already had Red Skull who was kind of like a very powerful, very um, self-centered, very uh, bombastic kind of character and then you have Zemo and, and Zemo is kind of in that same vein so what I think, so I think like the way they change him around here makes it a lot more makes it a lot more, he makes him different for one thing so we don't feel like we have another Red Skull and also I think it um, and again it, it the way his story ends up in the movie is that it allowed, puts him in a position where he can start building like a network of things going on that can actually like cause him to become like the kind of Zemo that we think of when we think of Baron Zemo in the comic books. We can think of him like having this little this huge network of people who are under his um, influence, and then no one else notices it until it's too late. So, isn't that it's, he's kind of because of the fact that he's like got um, like. Martin Freeman's character in that place, and I think in the fact that Martin Freeman's character is such a jerk of a guy, I think because he's going to become like the anti Coulson, and maybe he'll show up trying to like recruit supervillains after um, after things go on because uh, he seems he seems like the kind of guy who would sneak, show up in the most inconvenient places at the most inconvenient times. Set up the Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts. I mean, but I was thinking that um, it would have been really cool if we had gotten 
the X-Men back. And then for uh, Martin Freeman, could have played Henry Gyrick. Yeah, me too. That would have been awesome. But You know, James, I kind of agree with the point you made. Some friends of mine were talking about it. Say they, if we did the traditional Zemo, we would have had Red Skull again. Again, for, you know, you've got to make it different. The other thing is, there need to be consequences for Sokovia. They mm-hmm. just kind of felt like they got off too squeaky clean. God, things. And that's what—that's exactly what Zemo said. Is, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Zemo said. So you needed so. a villain. Cause I think it worked that it was just the most insignificant command caused the Avengers to fall apart. It wasn't Loki. It wasn't some big, over the top diva. It was some guy in the shadows. Cause that was kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I like that because, see, that's what Doctor Doom is supposed to be like. Yes. Doctor Doom is just a man, and in yet well, all no, the Fantastic just... Four movies, they gave him powers. Now, Doctor Doom in the in the comics, he develops magic powers because he studies the black arts, right. and he becomes very powerful. He even becomes the um, you know top two on the ne- on the list to be the next Sorcerer Supreme, and that's pretty awesome. And that was what was so great about Dr. Doom is that he's supposed to be just a man and yet he's able to beat down these superpowered people is because he's so smart. So they're doing that with Zemo. I understand that. I get that. And that's what he was like in the comics too. And I'm fine with that. I just didn't think, didn't understand why they changed his backstory. You could still have done it if he had been a outcast, um, um, some uh, royalty who has no more home because it was destroyed, or some royalty who was exiled because of something. You know, he he could still be royalty and still and still be just a man who took him down. I don't know why they changed him. Well, I don't I don't care for it. Well, with the royalty thing, like um, they are you already have like enough royalty as it is with Black Panther and his family, and I feel like um, having uh, and I feel like if um, Zemo was royalty, then you would also have, like, he would probably, one, be more easily recognizable because of the fact that he's probably um, on several, he's probably recognized in several international circles already, so he probably would never have been able to get into the compound without someone recognizing him to uh, talk to Bucky and all. And also, I think he, um, there would have been, like, more um, international repercussions after, like, he had been discovered, and so, like, it would have been much more, um, it would, there probably would have been more potential for actual, like, war between non-superpowered people. So. Yeah, he could have pulled the old, the good old Dr. Doom diplomatic community trick. Yeah, exactly. So. so so that could happen. So I think it's better just to like have him be like in prison because having a person in prison and still being able to do stuff is a much more interesting story than um, someone who manages to just constantly stay out and just sit on their hot throne like hehehehehehehehe. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's why, that's why, um, Daredevil season two worked so well is because Fisk was in prison yet he was still managing to do do shit. Let's talk a little bit about the conflict between Tony and Cap and the ins and outs of that. Do you guys yeah. think when I read Civil War, I had kind of a hatred towards Tony Stark in the comic book. I, I thought he was kind of a douchebag the whole time. Mm-hmm. I felt this movie did a better job of making us sympathize with him. Could not feel bad yeah. for him. So I guess my question for you guys is, do you think Tony came across as a jerk for wanting this to happen? Or do you think the combination of 
Kim and Pepper separating and the mother losing her son that confronted him and how much of that stuff was enough for us to get where he was coming from without really hating him. Um, I never really hated him, but I felt like he was always um, too unwilling to listen to what Steve was saying and he didn't really, and even like like with uh, the whole figuring out the evidence for Zemo and all that stuff, like he, there was a chance at the airport where he could have just said, okay, I'll hear what you have to say, let, let me hear it, and then, then it could have gone from there, but no, he just like said, no, just come with me, you stop it. So, you know, I felt like he was just being too thick-headed for a lot of it, but I don't think it was like, and really hate him. I I thought that once again, as in all of these types of movies, that lack of communication among people seems to yeah. be the biggest problem. If people actually just talked to each other, as teams are supposed to, we actually might have less problems to deal with. You know, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it was to me, it was a bit much. That's like. Come on, guys, at least talk to each other. Tell each other what's going on. But no, nobody wants to say anything. Nobody's like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Tony, I know this something about what's going on. And, you know, like, no, there's no, there's no communication. And it's like, come on, that's enough. You know, either talk or, or get off the team. Well, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the thing, too. I think they also did that. They um, gave, showed, uh, or they, had uh, Tony and Steve learned that lesson really well in the movie because Tony obviously learned it with um, the whole thing about Zemo and all that, and then uh, Steve learned it with um, what Zemo actually showed uh, Tony. So I think they both learned that communication and being more open is a lot is really essential. Well, now they did, but yeah, you know, it's a little late after this battle, and well, yeah, I'm just saying, but you know. Yeah. They both learned the hard way. Why can't our heroes actually learn the easy way for once? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> we actually funny. learned. I understand that. And that's what it is. It's all in the script because it's it's exciting that way. And I'm I'm a big believer in you know, that's I think that's why like some things like in D C I like because it's more realistic. Yeah. You know? Like Lois Lane finding out Superman's identity so quickly. Well, that's what a reporter would have done, you know? Yeah. The reason why it lasted so long in the comics is because they didn't want it to happen so soon, so quickly. But in real life, no, no, that would have happened in real life really quick. I, I kind of took it as a lot of this was just totally just angry. Because if I heard it right, it sounded like he got Pepper tried to have a baby because there was a I miscarriage. I didn't catch that. Was that the scene? But they brought up the pets that FDR used and Tony tried to reason it. Chris Steve, it sounded like he joked it off. God, Tony did. I didn't hear anything about Pepper like being pregnant at all, but maybe I'm wrong. I need, I need to see it again. The joke was something like, it was like, Cap said something like, oh, so we're having a baby? Like, as a joke, to make a joke out of it. And then Tony kind of went off on it. Just think about Pepper and Kyrie we had three and all this stuff, and I was like, did I catch that there, or not? But it just seemed like Tony was getting the crap deal, because he was pissed off, and he just wanted to punch something, and Cap was the best thing to punch at the time. I just want to punch you in your perfect teeth. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. I'm Now I want to watch it again, just because I think you may be right on onto something there. I wonder if that did happen. 
That's interesting. It was more of a miscommunication. It was more of a cold deal where it was he's just mad because he can't continue his legacy. And then when he found out his legacy before him was essentially destroyed, that that would take him off too. Oh yeah. I don't really like. I don't really know if it's um. I don't really know if the miscarriage thing is the thing, but I'll, I'll next time I see the movie, I'll make sure to like look at that scene more carefully, just to, like pay more close like, the attention to that. Yeah. Because there was a lot of information they were saying in that sequence. But, uh, yeah, they I, do that just to mess with us and make us have to come back and watch it again. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's all a conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, I generally think I pay pretty close attention to a scene, and I like. I remember that scene pretty well, but I don't think I ever caught anything about miscarriage, so... Yeah. Quite well, the other side that we have Cap and this is why Cap might have been angry on his end and wanted to punch something a little bit. Quite the death of Peggy Carter. Yeah. Which is... Oh. I, I, like, once I saw that text and I saw, like, the coffin, I, was, I started, like, tearing up. I was just like, no. Yeah. Yeah, and then it comes right about the same time that they announced that it's highly unlikely they'll get a third season. I know. Yeah. They haven't announced anything. So there's just rumors going. What was interesting, though, is about Agent Carter is that uh, I saw that there was rumors that it's coming back for a third season, but it'll be the last one. And then two days later, they announced that it's highly unlikely to be uh, to be renewed. And I'm like, well, which is it? Stop <laughs> screwing with our emotions, people. But yeah. as much time as we spent with this character, especially just Josh, doing the show here, it yeah. was it was rough. I mean, it was good emotional punch for me. Cause mm-hmm. I liked how kind of her words were the driving force behind Cap's decisions in this movie. And which okay, that's an Easter egg because those were not her words. Oh. Captain America said that. To Spider-Man during the Civil War saga. Okay. I and what was funny is that morning. Okay, I went and saw this Thursday night, the night before it opened. And Thursday morning, I like to post quotes, and so I used Captain America's quote. I even even had the a picture, an image of the of the scene from the comic of him saying that quote uh, to Spider-Man, and I used that as my quote of the day. And then I use that as a quote of the day. And then 12 hours later, I go to watch the movie, and there's the quote. I was like, oh, it's almost like they're reading my status. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I have to say, um, I feel like uh, initially when I, when, I heard, when I heard what uh, Sharon was saying, I thought it was going to go in the direction of, like, um, what, uh, the, like, the Team Iron Man philosophy. But then once she went on, I was like, yeah, okay, that's definitely Team Cap. So... I think um I think like that quote just goes to show you just like how much how little these philosophies actually differ because the quote if I remember was like compromise where you have where you have to but um if someone says like well Josh you remember you read it like what was the <laughs> quote again compromise where you can and whatever else wait the quote yeah what was it again um, okay, compromise where you can or whatever and the quote actually from um, Captain America to Spider-Man says, it doesn't matter what the press says. It doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. It doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation <clears throat> was founded on one principle above all else, 
the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Yeah. But Peggy and would say that. Quote. That's that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked a lot about Peggy's almost could Captain America get her own right to choose the female Captain America. She's Captain Britain. Right. Could <laughs> you, you think go. about it? Could she would say this. So I like yes, it. Yes, she would. It was Peggy, but Cap would say it too. Because that's why it struck yeah. so hard with Cap and why he took the side he took. Cause mm-hmm. Because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. something that um, spoke to his mindset and how he views things and yeah. yeah. But that leaves the question. Sherrod Carter, did he have the feelings and the emotions get stirred up for her because she said Peggy's words? Yeah. Missing for, for Peggy. Mm-hmm. Why he got with her. That's why I've always like thought this relationship is a little bit weird just because like again she is Peggy's niece and I'm just like which I don't. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just don't really like agree with it that much. I mean, it's fine if that's exact if that is true love, but at this point I just feel like it's kind of like residual feelings for Peggy just kind of like being dumped right. on Sharon and yeah, I just like yeah. Can I think that I don't why... like I don't I don't like that they didn't explain how she can be Peggy's uh, niece. Well, it's she's I mean, they can. Is she's Peggy's niece? Be, like, what it, else do they have to right, say exactly? Okay, it could be. Okay, here's the thing. It could be uh, her brother's daughter. That's fine. Or it could be I'm like her husband's. That, but her brother sibling. was old enough to go into the war before her, which means he's older than she is. And Good we, job. if if what we saw, if what we think at the end of Agent Carter season two was right, that he's still alive. But he had to have had a daughter late in life in order to have a 20 or even a 30-year-old in, in this time. She would have had to have been born in the, in the 80s, 1980s, which means if he was old enough to join the military, let's say he was 20, okay, by the time we see him in Agent Carter. That means that he didn't have um, – that means another 40 years pass before he has a baby, which means he had to be in his 60s or late 60s, maybe even 70s, before he had Sharon Carter. So well, how, I, I mean, a, is that even God, possible? She was a, a great aunt. That's all I yeah. think. Yeah, it okay. could be that too. Um, but see, they need to explain that because they, that it confused people that I was talking to. They were asking me about yeah. that. And, I'm, and I was like, I don't know. They, they, well, they need to fix that. It could also be that, um, like, her husband, whoever it is, like, has a very had a younger brother that um, got uh, that um, you know had Sharon. That's also pos- that's also yeah. a possibility. So, and that's the other thing they didn't reveal her her husband's name. Why is she being bo- buried under her original name? Because that's what because she's Peggy Carter and she can do that. She's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Still, I was I was hoping to finally find out who it is she married. Susap, you know, or, or whatever, right? Yeah, I, I, think, Go I think. I think there's an outside shot for Thompson. I don't know. No, I still think it's uh, Dum Dum Dugan. We'll see. Maybe. 
they might be done with Peggy Carter. We don't know. Yeah. But, but I... But I think with the, the emotional thing, Gov Cap and Charity getting together, Kirk Kensing or whatever, they're gonna make a made a joke out of it to try to make it seem more real. Kirk seem okay. Yeah. Give my opinion. I liked. I did think it was funny how they did that with the uh, the guys in the car looking Just at him. Just like, like looking hey, at him. I honestly still you go I, there, Tiger. I still ship Steve and Bucky. I don't care what anybody else thinks. And then the whole time they were in that elevator scene in the in the base when there's just them facing each other, I was like, okay, do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> well, a character that I really liked, he kind of stood his ground and kind of, because they got the whole tree concept, given though it wasn't said to him, at the end of the movie was... Black Panther. I really liked it story oh, yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. Where yeah. He started wanting revenge. Got he twisted around to doing the right thing and doing what I think ultimately his father would have wanted him to do. Oh yeah. And, and I think that's great that um like it was him who actually like caught Zemo and stopped him from killing himself because it, in a lot of ways they are foils for each other. They're both guys who are who are in this fight for no real reason other than their family was killed and they have no apparent um, uh, ideological reasons that they have it to support either side and the only reason why and in the end both of them are um, almost consumed by revenge but uh, T'Challa manages to um, save himself from that so mm-hmm. okay, that's the wisdom it did, I have to admit they did a good job of that yeah well that's how the wisdom of T'Challa he's always been a very wise character and I think he realized there's this constant cycle going here. Like, his family got killed, so then my family got killed because he was mad. And here we go around and around and around. And he was like, I gotta be better than this. If I'm gonna be a king and rule a kingdom, like, I can't get on this constant revenge cycle because then I'm gonna screw over all of my people. There's a bigger yeah. picture here. And I really like that. Because mm-hmm. Jens McRoseman, he's gonna be great as this character. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was a he was one of my favorites on this of this movie. I have to admit that. When I uh yeah the first moment he started talking on the screen to Black Widow, I was like, yep, you you got Black Panther. Like the way he was carrying himself, the way he was like, the his accent was great. The way he was just like, yeah, just everything about him was fantastic. Yeah, he did a fantastic job with it. Can they give him the special effects to back him up too? That yeah. was awesome when he was chasing Captain Cap and Bucky. Yeah, no, I, no, I like chasing Bucky. Cap was chasing him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I liked that um, when he jumped down. When when Bucky jumped down, you could hear him jump. You know, you could hear the thud. Yeah. But when Black Panther jumped down, there was no sound, and it shows that someone's paying attention to vibranium costume will absorb the impact. Yeah. You know, I like that. That was, that was really cool. I like it when they pay attention to those little details, you know, cause they know we're going to, right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to, obviously, since we're talking about it. Yeah. I love how, I love how good of a fighter he was too. Like that's another thing that's really inherent to black Panther's characters. He's a fantastic fighter. And this black Panther is an amazing fighter. But, he knows all his, he knows his fight stuff, doesn't he? Well, you have to think, there's been generations of Black Panthers. Yeah, exactly. And so. they all learned probably 
their own or different fighting style or combine them eventually after time, and that's why. Because like, he's seen every way you could fight somebody. Yep. Yeah, I wish um it was like I wish they kind of gotten a little bit more into that, like how the um that the Black Panther suit like does carry uh, memories and uh, um, wisdom from the past down to down to the um. Oh, I think they will in the next one. Yeah, but I wish they kind of kind of done that a little bit here, just because that would be like a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's just like it felt like more. This feels like a kind of a cornerstone to his character, so I, I just thought it would have been here. Well, they do. That's a lot of a mystical stuff. Could I think once Doctor yeah. Strange establishes all of that, it's going to make more sense with the the Black Panther stuff. The audience will be ready for it. Kind of, they're ready for it just yet. No, we're we're still getting used to having a talking raccoon and tree. <laughs> Which is awesome. You know, wait for that movie. Oh yeah, um, James Gunn posted a, a picture the other day of him and Chris Pratt on the set, and he said, "One year from today, it'll be released." Yep, which is crazy to think about. And uh, actually, going with that, um, when I look at Marvel's slate right now, I just noticed that um, if you look at the way the, the way that looks the way the slate is set up, the characters that have movies coming out are ones that either weren't involved with this fight at all. Or were, but we're on Team Iron Man, and then up, up, but it's only after Black Panther that you start to see characters come back that were actually on Team Cap. So I feel like, and also with that uh, second post credit scene, that Black Panther is going to have something in it that's going to like make the Sokovia Accords uh, like loosen a little bit, so that like um, Ant Man for one can go home, and uh, um, yeah, like all the rest of those characters, because I think. Um, yeah, but I feel like I feel like T'Challa probably would have gotten Hawkeye's family to come to Wakanda with him. So, or at least I hope so. So you know, I just feel like um, Black Panther in some way is going to have a cameo from at least like Team Cap's side of the Avengers. So I liked how they showed how advanced Wakanda is. Oh yeah, you know, you know it. It told me that who whoever did this did this right because we we knew that they're advanced from the comics. But even in the comics, they're shown as having what looks like huts and simple, simple buildings. Some, 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 sometimes, some incarnations it shows advanced buildings and stuff like that. But I really like that their their science and stuff like that is fairly and advanced. And the huge freaking sculpture of a panther, <laughs> right? But somebody said that this definitely is leading up to the idea that we're. You know, it, they'll probably recruit Claw in order to in, infiltrate Wakanda because he's the only one that's done it successfully. Or a guide because he's already done that yeah. once. So, yeah. I really wonder how Iron Man will play a part in that if he does. I don't think he all. will. I think it's going to no. be Martin Freeman's character who's going to be like working with Claw, especially because, um, again, he seems like the anti Colson. He just seems like the guy who's going to show up in every movie just to mess things up because he's an asshole. So right, yeah. but will Captain America be in Black Panther because he's there? I feel like he will probably any of the would. others. Maybe, I think. Yeah, I hope I feel... it's not too much of a role because then we're going to have a bunch of fans complaining that oh you why can't you have Black Panther have his own movie? Why do you got to throw these people in in order to help him out? Well, you know, here's, here's what I think it might be like. I think um, what it might be is that maybe. The most of the movie actually takes place outside of Wakanda with T'Challa out in the world just trying to be diplomatic and everything and maybe like 
at certain points um he starts fighting like uh villains but like at the end it comes down to a showdown that ends up back in wakanda and he finds out the and he like tries to do it himself but then he's like okay i can't do this so then he hits a button and then he calls all those friends out and he's like okay can you give me a hand give him a hand <laughs> somebody else is gonna lose a hand Quite well bucky cap. lost a hand so cap is gonna be out there fighting like he's still gonna be all of the world trying to make a difference so you could easily say he's out doing something else Green and the Avengers are running around doing something else and Black Panther is kind of trying to stay away from them so that he could reason with Team Iron Man and the government to get them to see this is ridiculous I don't, you know I don't know that Team on? Iron Man is against Captain America anymore no yeah. I don't think they're either I think they're just more, legitimized at this point. Gets more of Ross. Because he gets stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. Ross just mm-hmm. can't let things go. <laughs> I, 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 how do I put this? The character development needed to be more in this movie. But the, the character development they did start, I wish they had finished, or at least give us a movie that will allow us to see more of it. Like the Vision and Scarlet Witch, but especially the Vision, you know. But I want to know more about how they develop, and I I wish that they would actually team up with Agents of Shield and bring some of these people in, you know. Yeah, Let's see time. some of this. Quite feel you know? like you're in a position now where you could do that with Agents of Shield because the ATCU could tell, but might be coming in and saying we need you to track down the Avengers we need you to go after these people and then Coulson's like no we've got our own freaking problems right now <laughs> right <laughs> but that that'd be a place where it could go I mean they they may think okay we've got if she if things work out the right way with where her command control is at because they go yeah you've got this group of secret warriors we're going to use them to go hunt down Scarlet Witch and these other people, they're on the run. And maybe do you get storylines where do you have time to do that at the moment? God, I don't know if Paul Bettany will lower himself down to a TV appearance to do that. I think Elizabeth Olsen might be game for anything. But here's the thing about uh, well, from what I understand, I think I think there was a clip put out that showed that Coulson was Team Cap in the end, which is yay. But um. Okay. I just want to know, like, why, like, I want, I want to see this week's episode just so I know, like, where the House of War is going to show, push the show. Exactly. And see, like, yeah. See, like, yeah. what we're going to do for that. Because we're recording yeah. this on Monday for the, for the listeners who are listening to this. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to yeah, see what... Um, I did like that they did hint at a crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, as I was telling you in our conversation the other day, James... I don't know if you saw that or not, Dan, or, uh, but in the movie, yeah. I am ready to comply. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, that, I mean, is, not, that not, was how not, Hydra, that's not how Hydra tricked people. You know, they brainwashed people like Agent 33. Yeah. They, they used code words and um, the, almost the exact same um, chair or setup um, as they did with Winter Soldier, and they used certain code words, and when they were ready... When they got the code words and they got triggered, the people almost always responded with, I am ready to comply. And they used that in this movie. 
And that was first developed in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we finally get to see yeah. a kind of crossover from the movies into, uh, you know, that's, talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you think that's based off a uh, maybe ancient way that they used to break people free of life's control? That might be. But um, here's a... Here's the thing I want to know. Two, there's two things I want to know about this um, whole setup with uh, the thing. One, what happened to the Red Book, and where is that going to end up? And two, um, do you think that in the code words that like were in there, do you think there's like a secret um, message that involves the rest of the MCU? Because Homecoming is very obviously in relation to Spider-Man, but I wonder if there's something well, else that's going to be part of that. Yeah, um, the year, or the numbers that they spout off are the is the um, the number of the issue where I think it's where Bucky comes back. Either Bucky comes back or Bucky dies. But the the Marvel issue that deals with Bucky is the numbers that they used in the in the code. Homecoming, oh, yeah. you're right. And the freight car is um, what freight car shot when he, yeah yeah when he fell out. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I do. Okay. I think we're going to see more. Well, talking about Spider-Man, one yes, thing I want to say about the, the Red Book, and then we'll get into Kurt's character role in the movie. They did say the word homecoming. My thought is, because this is what I would bother your mind, thinks as well, because the chameleon is going to be the villain, or one of the villains in Spider-Man, homecoming. Because he's affiliated yeah. with Hydra or doing a terrorist attack. Because that's a code word that they use on him to kind of tell him to cause an assassination. Yeah, it's, I think the company is going to involve some kind of assassination plot. Again, that's the code word that makes it to strike or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Chameleon would be a really cool villain to see in a um, Spider-Man movie because he's not one that's got a huge amount of powers, but um, then again, like I feel like Marvel is kind of about the spectacle, even as much as like they kind of right. say they're not. I feel like they are a little bit about the spectacle, and Chameleon is not necessarily a very spectacular villain. So oh, that's why I thought he could be one of the villains. You know, yeah. it might be something else, but I feel like it's going to be some kind of offshoot of that to tie into the movie. Because it's going to be like right. that. Because then that brings in Iron Man, because it's a government problem. Because he's Did you? Movie. Or that Tony just goes, or that uh, Peter just goes to him because he's, he, he knows Tony fairly well, and he's just like, "Hey, can I like get some help here?" Just like, yeah, like bang, like bang onto the window of Stark Tower with his fist, just like, "Hey, can I get some help here?" And Tony's just like, "What the hell, kid?" <laughs> um, speaking of Spider-Man, did you guys notice that he's the first one to have a mask? Oh yeah, I that's mean, true. If you think about yeah. it, because they said that in this universe, nobody really has a secret identity. But he Except does. For him because he's new. Well, yeah, he's new, but and he's a kid. But I think they're going to keep it that way. That he's going to have a secret identity. Yeah. Nobody's going to know who he really is. Except that, for and I mean, his his wife doesn't. I mean, not wife. His aunt. You know. Marissa <laughs> um, Tomei's not that young. No, I know, but still, she's. I. Oh, that was another fun Easter egg. Them, her talking with Tony Stark. Because Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. started a movie together, yeah. where they were, where he was a, he was at, you know, seeking her love kind of thing, yeah. and pretending to be somebody he's not. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I could see um, if 
Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't want to come back to the MCU, I could see like them like maybe putting Tony and um, Aunt May together. That'd be kind of cute. Yeah, that would be interesting considering in the comics, Aunt May falls starts to fall for Doctor Octopus. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like this would go much less sinister. Yeah, Jarvis too. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, the thing with for Jarvis. Yeah. Guy, guy really thought Spider-Man was a great part of this movie. Geek on yeah. the same level. Yeah. Got Black Panther like Tom Holland. Guy wasn't sure. Guy liked yeah. the kid. I thought he was good. Guy thought he yeah. got it right. Guy thought the scene he had with Tony was great. The only thing I thought is guy was waiting for him to say it. Was, with great power comes yes. great responsibility. It's not a different talk. Yeah, he did dance around it in the thing, so... Kind of like, do they think it's too cliche to say it now, or what's the deal? I'm like, I want to hear it, you know? It was like, can we do what he was thinking? Can we do what he was thinking about Uncle yeah. Ben? Can we do all of that stuff? But it's like, okay, well, could dress it a little bit. The thing about yeah. it, though, is that, like, I know Spider-Man's origin story is kind of, like, endemic to the United States, but I just feel like in order to have Spider-Man, it's just worth it to see that, just so we can like still have that emotional punch associated with this specific actor. Right. Because, I mean, every time you do Spider-Man, it does a, it's a little bit different. So, you know, it's just Can I think I it's worth it. See a flashback of the movie, or what they did I, at the beginning of Batman v Superman, quit to have the Batman's parents yeah. to address that stuff. Or they could like um, start with him just like sitting at Uncle Ben's grave or whatever. That might do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, a real quick sad story about that scene, the introduction of Spider-Man. Um, a friend of mine uh, who is born and raised a Spider-Man fan. I mean, he's he's loved Spider-Man since he was a baby. He says he says he's always had Spider-Man toys. Yeah. He went to the showing of this movie after me, the one that came in after me. And he was so excited about it. So excited. Unfortunately, the couple sitting next to him started getting into an argument and started fighting and bickering uh, into the movie, well into the movie. And people kept telling him to shush, be quiet. And finally, my friend, who is very, very, like, quiet, and he finally said, please shut up. We're trying to watch the movie and you're ruining it. And the girl cried and left the theater and went and told security, who then stopped the movie and kicked my friend and his friends out for being rude. Yeah. And it happened just as they were introducing Spider-Man. He never got to see Spider-Man in action. Oh, that's just... And they didn't give him his money back either. Oh, that's just... So he he is so furious. So to all of you listeners out there, if you happen to know anybody at AMC, tell them, not cool. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> um, yeah. texting during the movie, because that's a debate for No. <laughs> yes, because there was actually somebody in front of me who every now and then pulled out their phone and videotaped part of the movie. Oh, that's, yeah, I would, if I that, I might just want to grab the phone and just like throw it at somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't, no, it wasn't. But what was cool was Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I get, the I whole wish upgrade we had, like, thing. Yeah. I kind of wish we had a little bit more, like, build-up to him in the greater Marvel Universe, like, just more acknowledgement that he was actually, like, active, because I feel like there was plenty of opportunity to do that, but it's just, like, 
you know, and then the way Tony has it, like it seems like he is fairly well known because of the video that they had or whatever. So it just well, I, I think you felt like he was like kind of I, dropped I, in there. Yeah, I think if Tony starts just keeping an eye on things, yeah. you know, right. with all of his Iron Legion and his satellites and um, his girl Friday always keeping an eye out on strange things <laughs> that are going on. Um, I did say, okay, well, he's only been around for six months. Yeah, yeah. So it easily could have been taken place. Get between Avengers two. Get this movie. Yeah, right. But I mean, like, you got Agents of Shield. You got Daredevil. Daredevil could have easily mentioned it because he is in. Um, uh, th- New York, so... I think they do mention him. Good season two. Good Daredevil. They- well, I haven't finished it. I have I have one more episode to finish. Okay. But I think they dropped yeah. a reference. If I remember huh. right. I didn't they, catch one. They say so. there's... There's vigilantes running around a more so. Because then Ant-Man dropped a Spider-Man reference. Because at the end of that movie... Yeah, well, not, well, again, it wasn't intentional because yeah. they didn't have Spider-Man back at that point, but, you know... Yeah. They they were hoping at that point, probably in yeah, time. Right. But going into to Ant Man and Spider Man and just that airport scene in general, that was awesome. Yeah. Giant that, Man was so cool when Spider-Man. he grew up like that. I just like the the thing about it that always gets me about Giant Man is why does he always move so slowly? Like it just doesn't feel like I feel like he'd still be able to move as fast as he was if he was big. So it just like every time he moves slowly, I'm just like, okay. That just this just looks lame. Um. Yeah. yeah, I have to admit the same thing. Every time in any movie or TV show that they have a giant person, they always move slow. And maybe it's because they're big that to those of us smaller, it looks slow. I don't know, but or that there's too would, much air resistance. But I don't know. I just, maybe I don't know, but I mean nobody's ever been that big. Right. You know, first time he did it. You know, it would be very interesting to know what it looks like, like from the point of view of a cat. You know mm-hmm. how big, how fast we are. You know, I don't know, but yeah, I agree. They, he moved ponderously slow, and it was, it was. But otherwise, the the yeah. fight scene was really cool, and I love Spider-Man's th- th- sayings. Like, you guys see that really old movie? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. But yeah. um, the thing about like Spider-Man's it? whole thing in this movie, I have to say, is that it felt like Tony was using him, like just really straight up using him, and I just didn't really like. I didn't really agree with that. But I think because I realized yeah. that it was wrong when he said, "Go home, kid. You're yeah. going home." Like I think he realized, "Oh yeah. my god, I went too far." Yeah, but the thing about like with Tony is that from Peter's perspective, I feel like that would make him feel like he disappointed Tony, and it just like. But then that's what I'd always that's what it felt like for me for the whole thing was that like Peter was only in this because he was like feeling like it was life or death for him like he had to make Tony happy or else he was going to be in trouble so right I just didn't really like I didn't really agree with that at all but I feel I feel like I guess like the ending the very very last scene with um uh, with him having the spider signal and all that I yeah. guess that did kind of like feel I guess I feel like that's sort of like him realizing okay you know what. Maybe I, I think I did do a good job after all, because otherwise I don't think Tony would have given him the spider signal if he wasn't proud of him. So, yeah. Right. Well, it was built into his um, web shooter, his wrist launchers. Yeah, but it also did. You notice that say, there were icons moving around the spider symbol, yeah. and one of them looked like it was blinking, and it makes me wonder if it's like like Tony Stark has his virtual reality computer. I wonder if this is a smaller version of that, like 
if if he signs that onto a wall and touches one of those icons, what will it do? Now, how cool would that be if he touches one of the icons and little metallic arms pop out of the back of his suit? <laughs> cool. I feel like I was scared of death. I was scared to death, first of all. <laughs> so, like, yeah. ah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, it was... Yeah, I, I liked the camaraderie. I loved the jokes and the banter of Spider-Man. I liked how they showed how strong he was. Oh, yeah. Like, taking taking a punch from Winter like Soldier. Just holding, it, yeah. just holding it, just like, hi. Yeah. You have a metal arm? Dude, that's awesome. Or like when Bucky threw something at him and he takes it and swings it back around. He's like, yeah, I think you dropped this. <laughs> I just like how Falcon just launched him out of the window. Yeah. He's like, ah! Why didn't you do that earlier? I hate you. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that I hate you. That, that seems to crack me up. Back to that later on because I feel like um, Cap Falcon and uh, uh, um, Buck and Bucky's uh, camaraderie in this movie was great too, but let's keep on Spider-Man for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, get an Ant-Man. Get inside of Iron Man. Yeah, that was fun. Wires. Yeah, who's talking? This is your conscience. Who is speaking? We haven't spoken in a while. <laughs> God, I God, God, yes. the way he played God, beating Captain America the first time. Oh, he yeah. Like, right the, it's kind of rich. He's like, God, I know you too. I think you're great. For Captain thank, America. Thank you for thanking of me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to wonder yeah. if like Paul Rudd actually like improvised that line on the spot or if that was actually a genuine misstep in his, in his delivery. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think it was hilarious, but it was also exactly how many of us fans would react if we were called in. Yes. Meet them. Mm-hmm. Like if you wake up in a van and the van door opens up and you wake up and you're right there and there's the cast of the Avengers and they're like, are you the man for the job? For like, holy crap, Captain America wants me to be part of his team? What? Oh, dude, Scarlet Witch, you're so cool. I know you too. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was oh. a fun scene. And totally. then his like and then his like call out to Falcon like, hey, you know, and then there that whole bit that was just <laughs> but, but here's one question I have for you. Here's a big question. They're in a parking garage in the middle of nowhere in the air, at an airport, right? In Leipzig. Right. Okay. Captain America says, suit up. And the next thing we know, everybody's in their suits. Where did they change? In the van. One at a time? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Or did the girl change in the van and everybody else change outside? Well, I mean, Scar- well, I mean uh, Wanda is the only girl, so. Yeah. But then again, I mean, these, pro- these suits are probably like fine. Uh, probably enough that they could probably like be worn over their clothes, you know, at least in the context mm, of the movie. So, I mean, Bucky, I mean, Bucky, all Bucky has to do is just really take his shirt off. And then, cause I mean, he, I think you could probably put his, um, uh, like armor on, like just over less, like under a, have it wear Dude. something for his armor. So, but everybody else, it's pretty close to skin tight. <laughs> Gosh, show off yeah. them muscles. Right. Cause the other character what, that, that I just, don't think we can underrate. It was just a lot of fun in this. With Hawkeye. With his yes. And Jeremy Renner yes. was just having a fun time. Yes. I, was, I loved... He was so great in this movie. Just He's a... I, I, just, I love how they're doing Hawkeye in this. Like, actually having him be a family guy. And, like, actually being the only person who really has a family to look after. But that... You know, I think that's a different way. That's a new way to take his character. And I think it's just a great way to do it. Because it gives the movie kind of, like... 
another more stakes again, just like him being a fam- being a father and having kids to look after. Like it shows you that these heroes are all different people, and um, and even though he's still kind of a like hot headed and very uh, impulsive. <laughs> A dumbass. A lot of the time, he's still a very caring person and a very um, and a person with a lot of uh, lot left to lose. So, yeah. yeah, I like his I like his things. Like I tried golf, shot eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I, I shot I golfed eighteen, shot eighteen. Can't seem so, to miss. And then he just those, misses deliberately. <laughs> those kids you need to go whitewater rafting. Thirty star notes <laughs> that go whitewater rafting trip. Thirty. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I feel like T'Challa probably brought brought his family to Wakanda, so I, maybe they can just call it, call it like a little, like a long vacation. <laughs> they have white water yeah. rafts. They can Wakanda, right? They can Hopefully. do it there. They might even they might even have waterfalls. They could ride down waterfalls, you know. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, and vibranium fall. boats that don't break up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> absorb absorb the impact. That would exactly. be fun. Okay. I just was. Imagine a Wakandan water park. Just like maybe have just have T'Challa go there one day and just be like, hey, you know what? It's time for time to relax. Just go have T'Challa in a water park. <laughs> yeah, quite a more serious note. I thought it was a real low blow for Tony to say to, "Well, what are your kids doing? Do your kids think of this?" Yeah, that was yeah. Cause I felt like he was fighting for his kids to do that. Like yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah, he was trying to be an honorable man. And, could he own Wanda? I mean, I think he thinks of Wanda as a daughter, and he's like, if this yeah. was my kid, I, I would mean, fight for them. Could I, I mean, he, he even named his uh, son, and his middle, his son's middle name was even his, her brother. So, you know, he obviously right. feels a very deep connection to Wanda and the rest of her family. So, you know. God, I was glad to see his other very close friend, Black Widow, do the right thing at the end. Could yeah. I think that was because of Clint? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe partially because of Clint, but also partially because she um, loves. Uh, she has like a deep connection with um, uh, Cap, and in a lot of ways, and also Bucky in some ways because um, and the, just the way that they work together. And I think she also like had a. She was always conflicted from the beginning, so she knew that uh, she finally decided. You know what? This is the right thing to do. So. Well, there's not really much difference between her and Winter Soldier. She's done as many bad things as he has. Yeah. And actually, they even, even fought each other in the past, so, you know. Right. She kind of knew, kind of, I think, at the same time. She was fighting Clint. She's like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm almost <laughs> like, like, a uh, second mother to his kids. Like, what am <laughs> I doing here? I mean, she kind of had this, like, wake-up call. Like, it was great. And the whole thing with this cold fight, one of my friends would say, it was like everyone was kind of having fun because they were still kind of bantering with each other while they were fighting. Yeah. It was like they were having a sparring session because nobody wanted to kill anybody. And then Rhodey got blasted. And it was like it was all fun until someone got hurt. And when Rhodey got blasted too, I was like, I figured it might have been the vision for a while, but I didn't realize that that was how much it was going to be um, how like the circumstances of it. And that's just like when you think about it, that's really kind of um, shocking. Just the fact that he met, he like had that mistake, and he made that mistake, and it cost them. Well, it's and, um, creation. Totally, yeah, it's actually it's his fault. Yeah, and also like Rhodey, didn't have, and also there was no backup for him, so that Rhodey, once the thing was gone, then you know it was gone. So 
And I mean, um, I also have to feel for Sam too, for like feeling uh, feeling bad for actually like having, like being so being in that line of fire and just like, yeah, just Sam has to feel like crap. Tony has to feel like crap. Everyone has to feel like crap about that. So. Yeah, but I think yeah, though I think it's leading up to, um, like in comics, something happens to Rhodey where he has to be in the suit at all times. Otherwise, he will die. And I'm wondering if Tony will give him a suit that doesn't require a lot of his movements in order to move. So it's like a pro- it will be a prosthetic, and he'll get so addicted to using it and be a part of it that he chooses not to leave the suit ever because why should he? It's allowing him movement. Why would he want to go back to being paralyzed? Well, or at least partially paralyzed. They're going to do something where poor Donchino doesn't have to get in that cotton sweaty Iron Man costume. Like, mm-hmm. for a whole movie. They're, they're, they're more well, I mean, it doesn't necess- if he's in the suit for the... If it's, if it, like, Rhodey's wearing the suit for the whole movie, there's no real reason necessarily to um, have uh, Don Cheadle in it 100% of the time. So Yeah, he just need to see his face in behind the helmet. Or even if he does what um, Iron Man 3 did... And then and have him do a remote control. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that'd be cool. I feel like they're gonna do what they did with Felicity Smoke, Cut Arrow, where it was like a chip or something that made her be able to walk again. Mm-hmm. You think that he'll that they'll do that? Well, I mean, they've already they've already got the legs kind of working in the yeah. last scene with Stanley's cameo, so. Plants or something. Get his legs. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Because there was one more thing. That just made Tony angry. Come on, to have something to punch. Come in, his yeah. best friend's paralyzed. Girlfriend leaves him. Why don't I be able to have a child? We're not sure on that one yet. Come in, it was just a. A lot of people are angry effect. at him. Yeah, and I think he just snapped. Could he find out about his mother? Because, like, that was the last straw. Could he mm-hmm. just lost it? Mm-hmm. Really, I had thought, once Tony found evidence of Bid Bead Baron Zemo and a bat, being Winter Soldier. I thought they were just going to team up together. Could save the day and that was it. Because then yeah. they threw this back in and surprised us. Yeah. I think it's Tony, they... like, I think that, that was that was always Zemo's goal from the beginning, I think, was that, because you know, he knew, like, basically what was in that file, but he needed yeah. the evidence to prove it. And that was what he was always going for when he was asking the um, one Hydra <laughs> official and whatever. Like, that was what he was always going for, was that tape. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, somebody said that too, but somebody at my work said that it's, um, that it was all leading to Zemo killing off the super soldiers because that way there's nobody else can become a Captain America and right. do and kill people. So he was protecting people by killing them. So he was basically, he wasn't there to get them. He was there to kill them. And then he wanted to destroy the Avengers from within. Hence exactly. the song, that creepy song that we, that kind of rousing song that we saw in the trailers, you know, Divided We Fall. United We Stand, Divided We yeah. Fall. He, he's trying to f- destroy them from within. And that's all he wanted to do. That's really all he wanted to do is to stop any way for the Avengers to stay the Avengers and harm more people. When, when Tony realized that Bucky was not at fault, and he decided to join up with Cap. My first thought was, but wait a minute. The trailers show them fighting. That hasn't happened yet. What's going to happen? But then when I saw 
the video start. I was like, oh crap, he's going to be and pissed. Right. I had to I have to say, I wasn't, I knew it, I figured it for the longest time, even before this movie, that Bucky had it killed Tony's parents, but I didn't ever want to see it. I was just like, oh, don't, please, no, no. Yeah. Well, you know what I thought was going to happen? Because I thought that Iron Man and Cap, got Winter Soldier, we're all going to start fighting, because then everyone's going to leave, you know, Zemo unattended, because he was going to shoot off a missile to cause some mass destruction. Because they'd see it go off, and there's like, because they were fighting, there was no time to stop it. So Bucky was going to jump up on the thing, get destroyed, and die. That's what yeah. I thought was going to happen. Yeah, but he's got a nine-picture deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sebastian Stan's got, oh. you know, what, seven more yeah. movies to go? Here's an idea, then, actually, with that. Um, well, okay, hang on. Let me t- let's talk about the rest of that scene first, and then I'll tell you my idea. But um, I think it was, like, but then, like, actually having Zemo be able to get away and then having Black Panther come in and, like, because he followed them and whatnot, that, which makes sense to me. So I just feel like, yeah, that was, that was really cool that it was Black Panther in the end who, like, made the thing, who actually, like, kind of saved them and saved, got them out of the situation. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm still sad that they had that fight and yeah. it went as long. Now it was really cool when they slowed it down so we could have that iconic image. Grand you know, of, go ahead, Josh. Uh, well, when Tony, when Iron Man was blasting into Captain America's shield, and they slowed it down just so we could see that cover photo of the comics of him of Captain America bracing against the repulsors of of Iron Man. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I thought that was that was very well done. The other thing but, that was interesting was how the whole the during the fight scene at the airport, the audience was laughing, could have a good time and really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And Iron Man and Cap started fighting at the end. Theater was dead quiet. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody was just like, Oh my god, what's happening here? They were literally in shock. I am sad that theories about who were in those glass cases turned out to be untrue. A lot of people thought that we were looking at uh, them trying to revive Quicksilver, and it didn't happen. Um, I'm I'm actually sad for uh, Wanda at that point. That was a bummer. But, oh, speaking of that scene, I have to say... I'm disappointed in the movie during that scene. They built up the threat of these other super soldiers so much, only to have them die so suddenly. And my thought was, that was a waste of a plot point. It really was. Now, granted, granted, it was just Zemo's way of getting them there. Okay, I can understand that. But you have such potential with having these people be bad guys, future bad guys, for Captain America or anybody else to come across. Why do they keep killing off villains? Now, they didn't kill off Zemo, but they killed Crossbones. They killed off these five super soldiers. Why do they have to keep doing that to us? Well, here's the thing that I think about the soldiers, is that... um, in some ways, they represent the very last refuges, refuses of Hydra, and now that I feel like at this point Hydra is completely and officially gone, 
Mm-hmm. So now they can get rid of. So now they can say there's no more Hydra at all, and um, right. they can start moving on from that. And I think it also um, gave the movies a chance to, um, like, sort of make Bucky unique in a lot of ways. Bucky and Cap both unique. So now they can say that you know what, it's only us, and now it's only us now. So you know. Right, and also, I mean that, and also that's kind of seen like if they were all released, it would just been, it would have been like, it would have felt like the movie was like, um, uh, not finished if they didn't uh, have a fight scene between them. And it was really, I think that scene was all was designed in a lot of ways to be just a fight scene between Tony, Steve, and Bucky. So, yeah, yeah. which was an awesome fight scene. Yeah, it was. It was very well done. It just, it was emotionally draining a yeah. little bit for the audience because it was. Yeah, and that, and and that ending, like, what it looked so, do it looked so scary when Cap was raising his shield up, and then he Chris crashes it down on the arc reactor. And I was hoping, I knew, in my heart that that was what he was going to do, but it looked so scary when he did that. Just well, like that was the point. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I had thought about this movie was when they were talking about sleeper agents and how certain code words could get them to do stuff. I thought Sharon Carter. <laughs> Was going to be revealed. God's one of those super soldiers. God, 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 God. Oh, see, they missed that opportunity. That now, for now. for now. For now. Do we think that Cap is going to eventually sacrifice himself or die for something and then the Winter Soldier is going to become Captain America and they're going to make Bucky? Captain America because he's got well, a huge deal. I don't. I don't know. He, it's very possible that he could. But the interesting thing was in Funko Pops, they recalled their special edition Funko Pops that were almost delivered a week before the movie came out. And the reason they did that is because one of the Funko Pops for Captain America Civil War was Falcon in the Captain America suit. Mm. And so now we didn't see that that never happened in the movie. But, so why would they do that unless unless it's something that's going to happen? I like the idea of Winter Soldier taking over for a little while. Yeah. And it's possible that we may see Cap go in Infinity War, at least go for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'm still of the opinion that in Infinity War, we're going to see... Um, um, Tony Stark, D.H. Yeah. Dude, that, that's my I thought. Think, I think it also might happen that um, uh, Tony might, or uh, Steve might die in Infinity War, and then they can, like, have some of the other, uh, that have either, and then maybe Captain America 4 could be, like, Battle for the Shield or whatever, which would be mm-hmm. kind of stu- which would be stupid, yeah. which would be kind of stupid, just, like, in their, from their perspective, because I feel like they are, Bucky and Sam are good enough friends that they'd be able to, like, talk it out. Talk it out, but, you know, I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, or maybe they could just be, or maybe we could just leave like both of them on different ends of the world, just being both cap, both being Captain America at the same time. Yeah. Because you know, there's a th- that's the thing too. Like Steve left his shield with Tony, so mm-hmm. what if um, what if T'Challa makes him a new one? Because they have plenty of vibranium in Wakanda. So. And that also actually transfers into my other idea here, which is. In the Black Panther movie, maybe they don't have the rest of Team Cap, but what if they just have Bucky and like T'Challa's like, we're desperate enough, we have to bring Bucky out, and Bucky and like they give him like a new vibranium arm, 
so that um, he can be like uh, he can help them fight just for that short amount of time because they need him, and he's the only one who's there. Can they throw that at the end? I feel like Cap may die, or several Avengers could die in a very shocking fashion at the end of Infinity War Part One. Because it's like, oh god, what are we gonna do? Because then they bring other people in. Because that's kind of my last question during the discussion is, where does the Marvel Universe go again? Because I mean, is it going to be a situation where Thanos invades? Did Infinity War? Because they're like, oh crap, and Tony picked up the cell phone, and we're all forgiven? Or is there going to be a little bit more of vending fences that needs to go on? Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, um, the Russo brothers, I think, just said that Infinity War is not going to be called Infinity War anymore. At least the movies aren't going to be called Infinity Wars Part 1 and 2. So it's just going to be interesting to see, like, what they actually do with those plots to make it um, different. Right. Because we also have to forget, we also have to remember that um, Thor and Hulk are likely going to be back for the Infinity War movies. So that's going to be a whole different um, uh, ball of wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think. Yeah, there's probably there's gonna be Thanos, think, I'm sure, but yeah, it's just. Oh yeah, I, I think they're gonna do more Thanos development in Thor, but with the Hulk. Oh, that's all. Awesome. That just that's a great thought. I didn't re- never thought of that Thanos being the villain in Ragnarok. That would be amazing. Why not? Yeah, that's actually he, awesome. Because here's the thing: he wants to put together the Infinity Gem. Oh, yeah, and, and that, yeah, that's where it's, that's where the Space Gem is, is in Asgard. So yeah, that's yeah. that makes yeah. perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Oh. Destroys them all just for the space gem. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So okay, but yeah, you were saying anyways. Well, oh. the other thing is, is that they still have not yet explained. Um, I mean, I did, but they haven't explained why there's an Infinity Gauntlet in the Thor Vault, the Asgardian Vault. Yeah, you know, there it's a different I- one. It's a different one. It's a, according to my research, and I wrote an article about this. But the Infinity Gauntlet in the vault of, on Asgard is right-handed, and it already has all the gems. Well, and that's if... from that's from Ultimate Comics. In the Ultimate Comics, the Infinity Gauntlet was a right-handed glove, and in the Six One Six universe, it's a left-handed glove, and that's the one that Thanos picks up. So, what if both of them come to play? Or what if? Um... Adam Warlock isn't an earthly experiment, but an Asgardian experiment, and he's actually more Asgardian than human, so he actually shows up in Ragnarok, and he's actually, like, kind of pissed at the Asgardians for creating him. I think, I think he's, I think Adam Warlock is going to be, um, Star-Lord's father. Eh, because that would mean that, that would mean that Kurt Russell is Adam Warlock, and I'm just like, eh, I mean, he feels like too, he's too old to be Warlock. Because I feel like Warlock's more of a guy in like his 30s or 40s, and Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell. So, yeah. I think Guardians. I think Thanos could be the the main villain of Guardians too. Because well, no, because I think James Gunn said that Thanos is actually involved in Guardians two at all. So he's not. Yeah, I think he said that. that. The whole thing with Drax. No, no, he said there's no. He said there's no. (laughs) You know what? You're right. I wish that. Um, I kind of wish that Thanos would be in. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I don't think he's going to be because James Gunn said there's not going to be any Infinity Gems in the movie. Okay. I wonder it's going to be it's going to be about family and not the gems, and well, so why bring in Thanos? Yeah, the thing about um, Guardians 2 is that I love that James Gunn's getting a chance to make whatever he wants to make, but then again, I'm also like a little bit 
um, unsure about where it's going to go and like if it's going to fit into the broader context of this at all because you know oh, of course of course it is he's a huge fan yeah you know but, you know he's just like right. i just don't know, like he's he's being able to make this his own way so i just don't know like how many easter eggs for the entire broad universe are going to be in it just because like it's not it's not going to have thanos and it's not really going to have the infinity gems so what effect is it going to have, have on the broader universe i think i think we're going to be very happily surprised because just like what he did with the first one surprised everybody everybody was so happy with it because it was something that he loved and he did it right you know and i think that we're going to have that again yeah i completely trust him to make a good movie i'm just not sure about how how much it's going to factor into the whole grand scheme of things oh i i i don't have any problem with that because i you know i read his posts and i watch the videos and stuff like that and he's he's got a mind and an eye for these kind of things and i i i don't have any problem with what he's going to do and i think he's going to be fantastic so although i did like the meme that somebody posted when it shows um winter soldier posting or punching spider-man spider-man blocks it and says dude sorry i was but, but I was rocket rocket needs this arm. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the, then there's the one with Colossus where he's just all metal, and then Spidey's got huge tar dice. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. The other question is, I think the uh, the plot line probably for Luke Cage could Iron Fist and some of those. Could Netflix show and Doctor Strange. Good's going way. Got so much Doctor Strange, but I think these are going to be brought out because of the Civil War situation. Could think Luke yeah. Cage can we want to keep his head down? Could Jessica Jones could I think that's gonna change with this whole Civil War situation and could they do a registration act or not, mm-hmm. I feel like he's gonna be forced to get into this. Can I think that's the same thing that may happen with Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. No can wait I a minute. Sure. I we never heard registration. Right, Sokovia Accords was about oversight for the Avengers. It never said anything about registration. Craig, I just don't know if it's going to go there. That's the next right. phase. So if they if they don't do the registration part, then then Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones they have nothing to fear or worry about. Same right. with Daredevil, you know. But right. having oversight that's different. You know, we already have that problem with Daredevil, you know, with that police officer that says, you know, what, what makes you think that you can get away with this? You know, why, why are you doing this? One of these days, I'm going to have to bring you in, I think, you know? So I, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I really, really would like Marvel to get their act together more so and merge with the Netflix and TV shows. I don't know when they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I really would like it a lot if they did. And a lot of fans would. I can just I can just imagine the the huge cheer that would go up among fans when it actually happens. Yeah. Well, here's the thought. What if um well, you know, Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange and he's probably going to be an Avenger at some point. So, who do you think, or how do you think his um, 
involvement with the Avengers is going to start? Like, who's going to come to him and say, "Hey, you know what? Hey, you want to come join our group?" Like, is it going to be? You, is it going to be? Want, I don't Green, want that. Or is it going to be um, Ross? Or is it going to be Tony? Or who do you think it's no, going to be? No, it's not going to be any of them. He's going to be the one that approaches them. Yeah, I think it's going to be flipped. I don't think anybody's going to approach him. I think he's too secret to behind the scenes. I think he's going to realize of a danger that's coming, and he's going to um, okay. If if the rumors are true, and I think they really are, and that Fantastic Four and all that it holds comes back to Marvel, I think Doctor Strange is going to get a visit from the Silver Surfer to be, war- be or or even better. I think that Doctor Strange, with the introduction of the Soul Gem will come in contact with Adam Warlock, who will warn of Thanos. And that's when Doctor Strange calls them together. I think Doctor Strange is the one who will bring the Infinity Watch into fruition. I think he's going to be the one that calls the Avengers. And that's what's going to bring the Avengers back together, is a common enemy. What he needs, Doctor Strange is probably going to need the soul job. I want to know where it is. So he's got to reach out to Vision. Well, actually, no. Vision has the mind gem. Well, the mind, whatever gem it is. But he's going to need that. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, like, uh, there's also that whole thing that that might be that Doctor Strange's gem is actually the time gem. So wherever the soul gem ends up is going to be interesting to see. No, Uh, I don't. I think that. I think the time gem is going to be in the first Infinity War, no, and I like. I still think that it's going to be what deages Tony I, Stark. I just had a thought. What if the uh, Soul Gem is actually in Wakanda, and it's what like gives um, uh, the Black Panther suit all of its wisdom and all the facts, all the past up that allows all the past Black Panthers to communicate with the original one. Well, if they don't do an Agent Carter season three, then I'll get behind that. But if they do an Agent Carter 33, I'm still of the opinion that they're going to introduce it there. Or not introduce it, but we'll see see it for the first time there. I still think the soul, soul gem is what powers the Zodiac key. Yeah. That's still my opinion. But otherwise, if not, then I'll go along with your, your idea. I like that one, too. That, but yeah, that, in, in, Doctor, that. in Doctor Strange, I'm pretty sure it's... Oh, that's the other thing. When you said, mentioned that... Doctor Strange, we know that Scarlet Witch will be in there. That wand is going to be there. What if the vision follows? How do we know Scarlet Witch is in it? Because they've already said. When? I didn't see this. Good movie. Good movie were we talking about. Doctor Strange. Scarlet Witch is in Doctor Strange. I'm pretty sure that's what they've been saying. When did they say that? that. I I have not heard this. This is actually kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I think... I think that they do find this old gem, and I think that it's going to be a battle over whether to misuse it to bring back her brother. That'll be a huge temptation for her. But also, at the same time, is will it be used to actually give a soul to the vision, allowing him to love? Well, well I feel like he so already has. Was, so Vision is going to show up at Dr. Strange, working for a way to figure out what's going on with him. Maybe he goes Maybe to the character yeah. development. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if they do that, I'll be happy that they finally give us the character development they started in this movie. I think they have the intention to do it. 
because it's their branching out with these movies because they're beginning to write them like TV shows. Right. Where it's like, you know, you get an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe there's like a little bit of Fitzsimmons one week and then the next weekend week is focused all on the relationship. Right. That kind of thing. I'm just... That's the thing about... um, The thing about Doctor Strange is that we don't really have anything at all about like where exactly the plot's going to take us and we don't even really know like if what Morgo's motivations are because apparently he's not really... um, the full, he's not the main villain, and he's probably he might not even be a full villain. So we don't really know exactly like what Doctor Strange is going to do. And it's all and all we know is that it's uh, all we know is that's going to look cool. So yeah, I am um, I I still go along with my theory about who Mad Mickelson plays mm-hmm. the main villain yeah. because they said in an article that uh, Mordo is not going to be the main villain. But right. this Mads Mickelson is somebody who believes that this magic ability to learn magic and all that stuff should be more widespread and, you know, more people should learn it. And he goes and develops his own sect, his, only, his own separate area of expertise. My personal fun theory, which I have nothing to back that up on, is that knowing that Marvel is in talks with people long before these movies get developed and because it, it takes a long time to div, to get the um, agreements and contracts signed and stuff like that. I think the reason they haven't released who Mads Mikkelsen's character is is because it hasn't been confirmed about whether or not Fantastic Four is coming back. I think he's playing Dr. Doom, mm-hmm. Victor Von Doom. And I think that they're not going to announce it until it's confirmed but if they can't confirm it in time, then they can just change the character's name. Yeah, but I feel like if that was... They've already wrapped filming on Doctor Strange, so I don't think there's any way that they could um, do that right now, especially with... Yeah, like the... but, but speaking of that, I mean, look at, look at Ant-Man. They hadn't finished... Um, they had finished wrapping Ant-Man before they confirmed that Spider-Man was coming back to Marvel. But yeah. they already knew... I mean, these talks have been on for a while. Just because they hadn't confirmed yeah. it yeah. on the news doesn't mean that it wasn't already set. So yeah. that that hint at a Spider-Man at the end of Ant-Man that that was not a mistake. That was on purpose. I mean, I know it's not a mistake. I know it's not a, not a mistake, but I don't think it, again. It, I never. It's never. They said it wasn't ever intended to be Spider-Man. I think it was just like an innocent like throw out of no, like, no. cool powers see, that people have. So. See, I don't know where you're getting that because the articles I read said it was. It was confirmed by the director that yes, it was a nod towards Spider-Man. It was a um, a hint towards Spider-Man, and so it's not a wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a um, an accident. It was it was on purpose. It was a deliberate because they knew something that we didn't yet, and I'm wondering if that's what's going on here. I don't know. That's just my that's just my personal fun theory. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and that's fine. But it would be really cool if I was right. I still I still think Matt Nicholson is playing the Magus. That would just be cool to just have the Magus, the and, evil version of uh, Adam Warlock. Yeah, and then like you, then we can have like Adam Warlock himself like be introduced later on, and then like once like once Doctor Strange joins the Avengers, and they find it, and he finds Adam Warlock's already there. He's gonna like look at him and just be like, dude. I know what you're going to turn into, and you're not going to like it. So, well, I think 
we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens in November. God, because or even sometime before then, because they could also drop little things before that. So, well, I think we're gonna wrap up our discussion to give our consider a break because I'm double <laughs> duty this week. So we're gonna yeah, just yeah. go by the closing. Up. We kind of put this together, got short notice, and I don't think people want to spoil each other. So we don't have any listener feedback on this particular episode. We will probably have a, some on our regular Shield episode. So we're just going to go to our closing, where Josh is going to tell everybody, or Josh or Dad James, we're going to tell everybody what we're going to be doing on our Marvelverse episode. We're recording this Wednesday. Go ahead, James. We're going to be talking about the yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that I don't know the name of and listener feedback. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the name either. But it's the penultimate episode to the finale. So that's episode yes. 20, I think it is. Got it's going to be two hours long and it's going to be cool and I'm going to have to miss the night manager for it, so yay. <laughs> yeah, that's the finale. The finale's not this week, but next yep. week. Right. So that's, yep. that's episode 21 to 22. So with that out of the way... We're just going to roll that pre-recorded closing. Get at our Across the Airways podcast network website, acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways.com. You can check out all of our podcast shows, available as their own individual programs, get the iTunes store, get Google Play store. Guys, for the podcast shows, cut our network. We have the DC Nation podcast, located at DC Nation dot across the airwaves dot com. Okay, that's DC Nation dot across the airwaves dot com, which reviews popular DC comics related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse podcast located at Marvelverse podcast dot across the airwaves dot com. Okay, that's Marvelverse podcast dot across the airwaves dot com, which reviews Marvel comics related TV shows and movies. Okay, we also have Throats Cast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website throatscast.acrosstheairwaves.com. Again, that's throatscast.acrosstheairwaves.com. In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airwaves podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairwaves.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory and The Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, and the Mixed Radio Station, code by Jack Stifle, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, Download the Podcast Box app. Got if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace. Got the Windows Marketplace. Got a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. Guys, for how you can contact us to give your own listener feedback, got the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at across the airways got gmail.com. Again, that's across the airwaves, got gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, got across the airwaves. There's no the in there. It's just across the airwaves. Join our circle, 
Sky Google Plus, or leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-3363. Again, that's 773-809-3363. Also, when sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Give the subject line. Give you are sending us listener feedback you want us to read on the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies and television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Cons. And it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. All right. So once again, for our other Across the Airwaves podcast hosts, Nico Reifstech, Wu Kim, Michael J. Penny, Ken Steve Nostro, I'm Dan Schmidt. I'm Nikki Amy. I'm Josh McRae. I'm James Hayfield. And until next week, we will catch you in the morning. I'm sorry.